Welcome to the very long overdue episode nine of the NVX's podcast. How long's it been? Like, I think it's been about eighteen months. <laughs> it's been it's Oops. been quite a while. Um, we've had a few emails asking for us to do a podcast, so we thought we'd uh, finally get around to doing that, and yeah. hopefully we'll do it more regularly from now on. We should do. As a result, this is going to be a very this is going to be a very full podcast, and it looks like I'm not going to be able to speak properly. So um, uh, let's get right into it. Yeah. So the uh, big thing that's happening right now of course is the launch of windows 10 at the time of recording so it's what, is it the 31st of july yes today? it's the 31st that today. was launched two days ago it was. um so mvda and we've written an official statement on this and we'll provide a link to that in the show notes but the basic idea is that mvda 2015.3 will be mostly ready for this um right now you can you can run master snapshots um and we're putting more fixes into 15.3 but the big issue is that the microsoft edge browser which is a new browser and browsing engine that microsoft are introducing with windows 10 uh is not really usable as a as a daily browser now we do have some experimental support that will go into nvda 2015.3 but it's yes it's definitely not use ready to be used as a primary browser. We're putting it in there because a lot of other sections of Windows use it, like Cortana and um, modern Windows 10 apps. Um, and so we just want you you know, have some way of using them at least. But um, basically, this is not just MVDA work. Uh, Microsoft also need to do some work to improve that situation in terms of their accessibility. And we're working with Microsoft to make that happen. Uh, have I missed anything? No, I think that's all. Rich. Okay. So... Um, Let's talk a little bit about other stuff. We're going to whirlwind through most of this podcast, I think. Other stuff in NVIDIA 2015.3. Um, we can now detect spelling errors in Internet Explorer. So you probably, those who've used Firefox extensively, will know that if you have spelling errors enabled, that they're spoken in edit fields. And that will now work in Internet Explorer as well. There are no caveats with that, are there? No, no, that will work in works. all edit fields in Internet Explorer. And that should fix a few other issues we had with some weird multi-line edits as well. Um, uh, some math symbols in text are now spoken. So we're just talking about symbols that showed up like um, examples, please. Uh, <laughs> a lot of logical symbols, uh, plus or minus, things like that. Um, we may have already had plus or minus. I think minus, we had actually. plus or minus, but there's like set, yeah, but set there's signs. Exactly, and, a lot of the set symbols and things. Yeah, and we'll add more and more symbols as we go forward. So we're trying to improve the, the current situation yeah. a bit. Um, you can now toggle single letter navigation in browse mode. So when, you know, keys like H for heading and K for link and so on, um, you can now press NVDA shift space to toggle mm -hmm. that. And that was introduced because a lot of sites now are starting to use single letter keys for their own navigation. So like Facebook and Twitter and things like that. And some people want to be able to use those without having to switch into focus mode, which means they can't use the arrows to navigate in browse mode. So um, it's just to make that kind of thing easier. But as, as I think we've, pointed out in several lists and things like that before is that because this mode is here now for, for websites perhaps such as Twitter you may still find it useful to use focus mode mm. um, because the experience will be different in browse mode because at the end of the day even if those single letter keys aren't there browse mode is still a document uh, mm -hmm. and doesn't you know it's not going to feel like an application so if you're used to using Twitter or whatever with focus mode probably continue to do it but if you do find this feature useful then, then that's great well you'll certainly have a more efficient experience in Twitter it speaks more more briefly and so on if you use focus mode that's um, right yeah. I still use focus mode in, mm. in Twitter 
um, if that helps anyone. <laughs> uh, garbled typing with Braille has been a long-standing issue. So people were reporting <laughs> weird cases where you'd like be in Outlook or in WordPad. They're actually two different issues, but they're yeah. closely related. And you'd type some text and you'd look at the display and it'd just be gobbledygook. Uh, and we've now um, tracked, we hope we've tracked all of those issues down and they, the fixes for that will be, for those will be in NVDA 2015.3. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have in my notes here 3831. Oh. <laughs> so I talked, uh, I think it was actually the last podcast, I was looking over the podcast yesterday, it might have been one before, mm. but about um, uh, changes we were making with regard to you know when an application um, is working really slowly. If you alt tab out, um, NVDA used to still stay slow because the application might have been, you know, telling us things and we were trying to query it. Now, when you're in a when the background application is, um, you know, has a progress bar or something, we ignore that so that when you alt tab out, um, it's you, you're still you get a snappy response. Um, and it's taken us <laughs> it's taken us quite a while to get that working well. We had a lot of uh, problems that introduced as a result of that, but I think I've got it working pretty well now. Yeah, I think we do. Um, so it is uh, finally going into release. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's basically NVDA 2015.3. Unless you've got anything else to uh, throw in there that I've missed? No, I think that's all. I mean, obviously, as normal, that's you know, tr- with trying to have that come out at the end of August. Yeah, so it should be... What's the date today? 31st. Yeah, so it's about a month. It should be about the 24th or something. Yeah. Um, right. That it should come out. Assuming that we don't hit any issues, of course. Yes. Um, so I suppose uh, since we haven't done a podcast for like 18 months, um, let's talk about what's been happening in NVDA over that that period of time, just a, a sort of quickish summary. So um, in we've had a lot happening in the Microsoft Office area in particular. Um, so table headers, Mick? Yeah, so uh, <coughs> so now it's possible for authors uh, to set uh, authors of of documents to to set uh, where you know what uh, row or column is actually a header row or column in Microsoft Word tables, and this is compatible with uh, JAWS and probably other screen readers. So it's we uh, uses Microsoft Word bookmarks. Um, so that means that. You know, there'll be probably a lot of Word documents out there that have been tailored for 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 JAWS or other screen readers, and uh, NVDA should uh, acknowledge those table headers now. Um, Excel as well. Excel as well is exactly the same. That's right. We've rewritten our uh, header support for Excel to be compatible with the author-defined ones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Outlook message list and calendar. Yeah, so the Outlook Mick's message... We've got to think back now. Yeah, <laughs> this was a little while ago. The Outlook message list, uh, is it's now possible that uh, when you turn off uh, the reading of column. table uh, column headers, um, you know, uh, the, the Outlook message list is going to be way less verbose now. And that's something that people have been asking for for a very long time because they didn't want to hear, you know, from subject and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you can turn off that setting in uh, document formatting settings and uh, our support for Outlook will honour that setting now. Uh, as for the calendar, uh, as you move around the Outlook calendar now, it will uh, read uh, your appointments and such as you move around with the arrow keys. So, um, yeah, that, you know, that, again, that was another big, big thing that people have been asking for for many years. Um, simple but uh, but very useful change. Commands such as bold and underline and italics and you know uh, indenting and heading levels as well. I think yes. um, in Word, so Control B 
would now will now say bold on or, or bold off. Um, and you know, it seems like a really trivial change, but it obviously makes it a lot easier when you're trying to edit and you've forgotten what the current state of that is. Absolutely. Browse mode in Microsoft Word. Yeah. So uh, and Outlook. And Outlook. Yeah. So I guess it's uh, probably more significant in in Outlook. Uh, in that now when you open uh, to read HTML emails, uh, you can it, now you do have full browse mode support, meaning firstly that you have your quick navigation, your single letter key navigation, you know, you can jump to headings and all that kind of stuff, jump to tables, move around tables. Uh, but also uh, as you move around the document uh, with the arrow keys, you will get a much better reading experience because uh, we now control sort of you know where where the cursor is going because previously in HTML emails in Outlook because of tables and all that kind of stuff when you're reading you would most likely miss a lot of information skip like everything but the first yeah, column pretty much so and a lot of people would say oh, my you know email, my email is blank or whatever but now it will definitely read all information that's in that document but of course this extends over to Microsoft Word as well so um, browse mode is uh, is possible in Microsoft Word. It's optional, obviously, because you know the main thing you do with Microsoft Word is editing documents. Yeah. But uh, if you are in a, a document, you can press NVDA space to force uh, browse mode, and then again, you know, you've got your single letter uh, navigation, which is really great for skimming a document by heading or or whatever. And um, you've got all all the other stuff in browse mode that you're normally used to, including the elements list and stuff. So this is going to make you know navigating really large word documents um, much easier. It's actually interesting. You don't sort of realize how much easier it is until you read some massive document. You're like, oh, I can jump to the next heading. Really yes, easily. absolutely. So word does have a very convoluted way of jumping to headings, but it's like open the go to or find I think it's go to and then select headings then you use like control page down to move to the next heading yeah. which is ridiculous so um <laughs> what's also worth noting is that what what we also did is in the elements list because we now have this uh we list things like annotations so uh changes it track changes and things so comments and um changes you know uh, insertions and deletions and mm. things like that all show up in the elements list isn't it? which is a really quick way i guess for a blind person to be able to see right what are all the changes in this document what's someone done to my document exactly last, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, um charts in microsoft excel well basically and we'll talk about this later but mm. um a team in india that we'll, we'll introduce later um like not introduced literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've implemented support for uh, charts in Excel, so you can now, um, when you move to a chart, using the elements list, and you can um, uh, now move around the chart with the arrow keys, and it will describe all the different elements. So if you're in a pie chart, for example, it will tell you about each. Um, is it called a slice? I can't remember the technical. Yes, one. it'll tell you the percentage of each slice, mm-hmm. and even say for a line graph, it'll tell you uh, sort of the the difference between the last point you were on in this point so you know you feel if you're going up or down or whatever so you're very much kind of interactively navigating the chart you are, yes. um, yeah uh, location info in Microsoft PowerPoint uh, not you know a sort of particularly complex thing but basically as you um, use the arrow keys to move an object around a PowerPoint slide you'll be told where it is and also whether it's you know overlapping something else you know um, so you you know whether it's I'm going to look um, you know reasonable and even even if you don't use um, you know, pay attention to the location information. I think it just saying something in the first place is quite useful because mm. you know many of us have you know you accidentally bump the arrow keys and you don't actually realise that dragging stuff. That you actually, yeah, exactly, is moving everywhere. Why does this look so funny? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so off office onto mm. Internet Explorer enhancements. So we now have support for live regions in Internet Explorer. We've had them for a long time in, in um, Firefox and related browsers. Uh, but the basic idea is that um, there can be sections of a page which are marked so that any changes should be spoken automatically. And this is now supported in Internet Explorer as well. Um, hidden fixes. Now, we couldn't think of an actual practical example of this one, but there were basically cases in Internet Explorer where uh, content that was supposed to be hidden, so that was visually hidden, still appeared to a screen read user. I'm certain there was I'm a pretty sure real in the I'm old PayPal website there was there were things like that, but PayPal's changed their website now. Yeah. Um, and I also think in the accounting software we use Zero, it was all over the shop, um, <laughs> and so in a lot of probably you know maybe not so many examples. On, uh, in, to the public on the web, but I think a lot of proprietary things. Mm, more obscure um, kind of yeah. stuff. It's, well, you know, the, the point is, whenever you see text that really doesn't make any sense at all, hopefully that should be gone. <laughs> we hope. Um, there are also some weird cases where, like, um, Internet Explorer, like, where you'd get an entire... Like, uh, talking about the labelling stuff here, mm-hmm. I can't remember exact examples, but you'd get incorrect labels or you'd get an entire blob of you know, text from an entire section as the label of something. That's um, right. Yeah, that's now now fixed as well. Yes. Um, well, worked around since the bug is actually in IE. Correct. Let's not go into that. Mm. Um, so I think that's all, unless I've missed something. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Yeah. Skype. Um, so I did a huge amount of work on <coughs> on Skype because our support for Skype was getting rather out of date, and also uh, basically Skype's. I think it was six point two, but we've yeah. sort of chosen to support Skype seven and on. Um, broke basically everything that we had. Uh, so I, um, I went through and re-implemented all of that, and the basic idea is that now uh, notifica- uh, sorry, now messages are read if you're in a chat. Um, it'll read a message as it comes in. Notifications also get read, which is you know, obviously a very popular request. Mm-hmm. And you can also press, uh, I think it's NVDA control. I should know this. NVDA control one. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the key. Yeah. Right, but I should have to check. Um, to, to read you know, the last message in NVIDIA Control 2 to read the second uh-huh. last message and so on, which is mm-hmm. a very has been a very popular request with Skype. Yeah. Um, math support. So in NVIDIA 2015.2, mm-hmm. uh, we added support for uh, reading and interacting with mathematical content. So this is uh, MathML in, in web browsers, well, Internet Explorer and Mozilla Firefox for the moment, and uh, also MathType in Microsoft Word and Microsoft PowerPoint. And we do this using the Math Player plugin from Design Science. So obviously, math has been a huge accessibility barrier for for years now, and and actually, it's really good to see, you know, um, quite a lot of the the big screen readers now are starting to support math. Uh, so Apple did with, um, I think it was iOS seven they brought in math mm, support, yeah. and I think Jaws now has some MathML support as well. So. Um, you know, it's, it's really good to finally see this moving forward. And it's not just reading the math, but you can also interact with it. So obviously hearing an entire blob of math, you know, thrown at you when it's huge is not that useful. So you can actually step through the math and walk inside fractions and walk out of them and so on. Um, I, yeah. yeah. So that's that. Um, so I suppose a really quick mention, anything else that I've missed? I don't think no. so. A uh, really quick mention of NVIDIA work that's currently in progress. Uh, Firefox rich text editing has been in progress forever. Uh, it's unfortunately a really difficult thing to get right on on all sides, NVDA and also within um, you know within Firefox. But the basic idea here is that 
know, things like Google Docs and also even um, like the blogger editor and the WordPress editor, all of those editors that, that allow you to do more than just type text that also have formatting and you can put links and lists and things like that. Those currently, NVDA sort of supports them-ish, but it's not, not a very nice experience. Uh, and so, for example, if you have a, um, a line with a link in it, it doesn't get reported the way that it should. Um, so that once this is done, and we are getting pretty close, I've actually been using it quite a bit myself lately. Uh, our, um, yeah, once that's done, we'll have support for that. Mm-hmm. Also, ease of access, uh, again, has been in progress for quite a while, but we hope to push that out with the with NVIDIA 2015.4. Um, the uh, NVIDIA has always been able to start, well, not always, but um, for a long time, has been able to start on the Windows logon screen. But in Windows Vista and later, um, Microsoft introduced the Ease of Access Center, and we're now uh, we want to tie NVDA into that um, for various reasons. One of the biggest being that uh, in Windows 8.1 and later, um, there's actually a bit of a delay if you have NVDA set to start after you log on. There's a bit of delay right now for that to happen, whereas with Ease of Access, that happens um, pretty much instantaneously. Uh, any other reasons to support ease of access? I mean, there are there are reasons behind the scenes, but well, I mean, we'll, we'll also get listed in ease of access. But that's true. Well. So now, you, if you go into ease of access and you you know to see all the ATs you know got installed accessibility mm-hmm. products, NVDA will be shown there, which is obviously you know good if you're if someone else is configuring things, it's all in one place. Yes. Uh, outside of NVDA itself, we've had a whole lot of activity in the speech synthesizers area. So obviously, the NVDA vocalizer. Um, add-on has existed uh, from Tiflotechnia has existed for quite some time but now Archipella have released um, an ad an add-on for NVDA which supports in quite a few voices and languages that's great um, recently very recently Code Factory released SAPI 5 versions of Nuance Eloquence and um, Vocalizer uh, and so uh, for people that want to be able to use Eloquence with NVDA this is the first legal well the first widely available legal opportunity that everyone that anyone's ever had to use uh, eloquence with nvda Um, and we'll provide links to both of those in the show notes uh nv speech player um do you want to talk about that a bit yeah so uh i suppose we haven't covered this on a podcast at all. if we did it was brave yeah Yeah, so what the the uh i guess the original goal was um that you know everyone uh was a lot of people found Eloquence and other related synthesizers, Deck Talk, etc., quite popular. And uh, work on those kind of synthesizers, that specifically formant-based synthesizers, um, has sort of hasn't happened for a very long time. Not since really the early '90s, because we've all gone on to these new, you know, natural-sounding voices and things. But uh, many blind people always find the uh, formant synthesis much easier to understand at higher speeds because of its predictability and its responsiveness. And so uh, I started to develop a, a new formant synthesizer sort of based on some some code floating around the internet from the late 80s and also a few other small projects, sort of bringing them all in together, tying them together and seeing what I could come up with. Um, I came up with something called NV Speech Player, which uh, a lot of people have tested out online and um you know some of it's quite promising but uh the the first sort of version of it we we did um there were some issues and things with with timing and that so then we took a different approach and we took that engine uh speech engine and 
tried to embed it into eSpeak. And um, we now have an add-on of that available, uh, which we will link to. And uh, this one seems to be pretty popular as well, probably more popular, in fact, than the other one, um, because some of you may remember last year we did a speech synthesizer survey where we had quite a few different voices uh, for you to, to test. And that one, Speech Player in eSpeak, came out on top. And um, so there is an add-on for that available. And it sort of, um, I guess it brings all the uh, the usefulness of eSpeak, the responsiveness, uh, speaking of all the languages and things like that, but uh, a somewhat, I guess, I don't really know how to explain it, the, the actual sound of the voice is just that little bit closer to things like eloquence. It certainly doesn't sound like eloquence, but um, maybe some people would say a little, you know, easier Closer. on the ears or, mm. or whatever. I mean, but it's it's very subjective. I mean, you know, me and Jamie still love eSpeak, so, but, um, you know, it's something worth trying out and see whether it's for you or not. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll stick a link to we'll that in the show notes. And that add-on's called Speech Player in eSpeak, the, yes. the latest incarnation. Mm-hmm. I've been working on a little project outside of NVDA called Osara, um, and it's basically a plugin for the uh, Reaper uh, digital audio workstation. And um, so this is for people who are doing multi-track recording, so um, well things like podcasts, <laughs> and uh, but but largely music and uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, so uh, there's been, I mean, I've I've previously been using um, Cakewalk Sonar, and there is an NVDA add-on for that floating around, but the problem is that Sonar's accessibility has been getting sort of steadily crustier in every release. <laughs> and uh, while we've done our best to you know try to support it, it just it's getting to the point where it's it's very difficult to work with. Now, out of the box, um, Reaper isn't that accessible either in some areas, but its uh, its API does allow us to extend it quite a lot. And so I'm working on that extension. Uh, it's not really ready for for general consumption yet. Um, some people are using it, but it's you know it doesn't have a nice installer, and there are a lot of features missing. But uh, certainly, um, I've watched this space kind of thing. Um, mm. We I do plan to do quite a bit of work on it in the coming months, um, and we should hopefully have a solid release, um, sort of uh, maybe mid next year. Yeah. And we also wanted to get that working on the Mac as well, which would be nice because uh, Reaper works on both Windows and Mac. Uh, again, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but as I said, it's very much an in-development thing. NVDA Remote. So um, uh, Christopher Toth and Tyler Spivey, um, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. It would be rather embarrassing if it wasn't. I should have checked that. Uh, <laughs> have, um, have developed um, an add-on uh, called NVDA Remote. Most of you have probably heard of this already, but if you haven't, the basic idea is uh, that you can control... Uh, you can run NVDA and control uh, another person's system running NVDA, um, you know, whether it be in the same room or in a different country, um, which obviously gives a, uh, presents a lot of opportunities for, you know, even if you're controlling your own machine or you're trying to help someone or even, you know, job prospects, people doing uh, technical support and things like that. Uh, and previously, you, you know, there have been ways to sort of do this with remote desktop and things, but with those, because they're transmitting audio, it can be very laggy and, and you know, the quality is not very good. Whereas this is doing it using MVDA, so the speech is generated on your computer. Um, so uh, I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. It's a free add-on and it's now released to the public. Uh, and um, we're actually using it to control our uh, our Windows build server, which is, uh, we're in Australia and it's in the US. So um, there you go. It's It's got a use within MV Access. <laughs> um, uh, and I can just imagine using it to... Um, I'm going to set it up on my parents' machine. 
later because uh, it's much easier to <laughs> to fix computer problems rather than having to tell them what to do over the phone. Um, so yeah, a lot of really good good stuff there, um, and it's really good to see the community um, getting so so heavily involved. Uh, and also that was crowdfunded, and it was a, a really successful crowdfunding project. Um, so it was really good to see people getting behind it. Um, yeah, uh, Google Chrome has come a really long way in the in the last few months in terms of um, support uh, accessibility support. Uh, previously, there were issues with like pages, you know, content on pages not being updated properly, um, you know, according to screen readers, and just just problems like our oh, live regions weren't working as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether this has made it into a Chrome release yet. It's certainly in what they call their canary, their their nightly builds. Um, I'm not sure how much of it's made it into a release yet. I'll have to check that out. But um, it's really good to see that happening. You know, there's now another very viable browser. Um, it's still, you know, got a little way to go, I suppose, before it gets to the level of um, of accessibility that Firefox has. But it's, it's really good to see that happening. Well, it's and good to see that blind people have a choice here because exactly. uh, Chrome is fast becoming. Uh, I don't know if it is the. I think yet, it's the it? second. It's it's still. Is it still behind IE? I can never remember. It depends on which depends on which stats. Yeah, it depends on which stats you look at. (laughs) There, there are two different Mm. different stat you know bodies. And I certainly know you know my my dad and things like that. And he's not that technical. He uses Chrome. Yeah, a lot of people use Chrome now. So, so it's really good to see that choice. And we've been working very closely with um, Google as a result of their of their um, uh, contracts with us Mm -hmm. um, to make that happen. Um, So yeah, that's been a a really good uh, relationship, and Mm. um, we're very thankful for that. Uh, we've been working on, I think we might have touched on this in the last podcast, but we're um, working on getting support options for people. So one of the big issues that people say is, uh, so how do I get technical support for MVDA? And there's you know, there's the free, there's the mailing list, but some people want to be able to call someone and talk to them on the phone. Uh, there's a company called uh, iRead that are now providing this for, is it 12 US... Yeah, now. I believe so. Twelve US. Yes. I have to confirm that. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. twelve US now. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll provide a link to that uh, as well. But uh, we're we're looking at um, at doing some branding around that. So you know, it would be you would buy it from the MV Access site. Uh, you know, we'll have a store where you can buy support packages and things like that. Uh, still using iRead, but uh, you know, at this stage, you can you can get support from them directly if that's what you need. And it's worth mentioning as well, so th- that offering with iRead is more uh, obviously just for users uh, of MVDA who need just general support in, in using the product. Um, but there are uh, there is another option, obviously, for people and companies who need extra technical assistance in terms of custom development um, or consulting, etc., uh, MV Access actually offers, uh, offers um, support itself um, through a, uh, a corporate support contract, and um, if anyone is interested in this, please contact us, and we can, you know, um, provide you with extra information. But in short, really, it just allows you to, you know, to purchase ours uh, from MV Access in order to, for us to to help you with, as I said, custom development or very specific consulting needs in terms of um, customizing MVDA or um, deploying know, MVDA deploying on a massive scale exactly, or that kind of thing. You know, very complex software accessibility issues, things like that. Yes. So uh, 
we're we're also working on developing training material. I think uh, Mick's been working hard on that the last week, mm. and it's going to hit me soon. Um, so um, you know, people have been asking for for official training material to be developed, and we're also um, as part of that, we want to develop certification so people can be certified, you know, VDA trainers and things like that. So uh, that's definitely in progress. It's probably still a few months away from seeing you know the, the light of day. Um, but it's it's definitely well well on the way to being in progress. At least the basic training module. That's uh, right. For the first one, yes. Uh, so that will be good, and we'll be uh, selling that from our, our store and possibly through uh, other organisations as well. Yeah. I mentioned before that the Indian team were responsible for developing the support for Microsoft Excel charts. Now, um, what's basically happened is there's now a team of developers in India um, that are um, some of which are working full-time on NVDA development, which is fantastic. It's really good to see. And they're not, they're not um, like while we're working very closely with them, they're not uh, part of, of MVAccess. But it's really good to see um, other teams getting behind the project uh, and, you know, also organizations. So uh, Sapient Global Markets is uh, is funding one of those developers. Um, well, I almost wonder a bit, really. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's really good to see that, that sort of thing happening. And um, they've also contributed... Uh, quite a few other fixes and improvements with related to Microsoft Office and uh, we'll be contributing even more going forward. That's right. Donations, you get to talk about that one. Mm. So uh, we'll just talk about over the last financial year for MV Access because that uh, ended on June 30 this year, which was... So in Australia it goes from June... Yeah, some... some Sorry, July 1 to June 30. That's right. Um, So in that time... uh, public donations so just you know donations directly to our website um, you know whether downloading MVDA or whatever uh, we've gotten uh, in Australian dollars around 71,000 this year which is really good that's we've been steadily going up each year um, quite significantly which is really good and really helps us to continue offering MVDA for free and we really appreciate uh, the people who choose to also donate to support the project. Uh, it's worth noting as well, we've had several corporate donations as well, which has total, totaled about um, uh, 45,000 Australian dollars, and that includes um, some of the original work. Uh, I remember a few years back, we uh, several blindness agencies around the world started supporting uh the work on Microsoft PowerPoint for MVDA, and um, the last of that money came in uh, in April this year. So that's really good to see that that um, everything came in, and we were able to, you know, to achieve the the project that that we were going to. Um, Do you know how many of the? I'm just thinking how many are monthlies right now. I didn't actually ask you to check that. Yeah, no, I think it's over seventy now, but I, I don't have an actual. Because obviously for us, you know, the monthly donations are even small ones are really helpful because it gives us a you know some sort of um, recurrent you know, idea of what's coming in. So really, you know, obviously, we appreciate all of our donors, but but very much the the monthly donors are um, are really helpful for us to have some ability to to forecast where we are. Totally. Um, anything else on donations? No. Nope. Cool. In that case, let's talk a little bit about stats. So um, on average, and this is based on um, update check information. We have about 20,000 users using MVDA every day. Uh, that number sort of fluctuates between, I think we one stage it got up to um, 
Probably high 21. 21, you know, high 21,000. Sometimes it drops a bit lower. I mean, this is literally people that are connected to the internet and that are checking for updates every day, Mm. you know. um, So that's that's not necessarily indicative of how many users truly are using it every day, but it's it's a nice, you know, baseline measure that we can use. Um, We actually passed the 100,000 download mark for NVIDIA 2015.1, so uh, usually we've sort of been hitting sort of uh, between seventy and eighty thousand, mm-hmm. but in two thousand fifteen point one it went up to one hundred and eight thousand um, downloads, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, for NVIDIA two thousand and fifteen point two so far, keeping in mind that it was released quite late actually, it was released on the I think it was the fifteenth of June or something mm-hmm. like that. It was um, uh, it's so far sixty thousand downloads. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's more or less it uh, for the podcast uh just a quick shout out to sponsors adobe the nippon foundation and google thanks very much guys yes and stuff <laughs> um obviously you know they're they're um, doing a massive um they're playing a massive part in ensuring that we can keep the lights on and keep doing what we're doing uh for all of uh those that need it out there in the big wide world uh, so very much appreciated absolutely um and I think that's pretty much it until next time. Hope you've enjoyed the whirlwind. <laughs> Bye. Bye.